Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, welcome my friends. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live, archived, or if you have downloaded the show on iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you all. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching and training company. On the show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. We have great guests that come in on the show and share a lot of great tips and information with you. So this show is intended to be thought-provoking and for information purpose. All the guests that come on the show are professional in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page. And you can also contact me directly, if you like, by visiting my website at www.coachingbyria.com. That's at www.coachingbyria.com. And I can provide you with all the information you need. But just quickly, before we get the guest on the, on the air, I'd like to set my intention, as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. i like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really up to you. So all I ask of you on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? And remember, you know, every day is a new day. Every moment is a gift. Every moment is a new moment. So make the best of every moment. Make the best of every day and celebrate it as a brand new day. So let's make it fabulous one. And we're going to take a short break and we'll bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. Thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. You are listening to your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live or archive. I appreciate each one of you. So today we have a special guest for you. As always, we have great guests here. And we today we talk in health and we talk in natural health. So is it possible to make some natural healthy changes and make them at your own pace? How about reprogramming your mind and change your core belief about food and your body so you can achieve your goals? And the answer is yes. And my guest today, Dr. Melly, will be explaining a little bit more how you can achieve that. So what is naturopathic medicine? It's my pleasure 
to introduce you to my guest today, Dr. Melly Lyle. Dr. Melly is a naturopathic doctor. She's an anti-Asian specialist and relies on functional medicine, clinical nutrition, epigenetic, and nitrogenomics to be the key to health and longevity. She acquired her four-year postgraduate medical diploma from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine and received her Master of Public Health from the University of Hamburg of Applied Sciences in Germany. She is also a certified nutrition specialist in New York with the Certification Board of Nutrition Specialists. Dr. Melly hosts the Dr. Melly Hour with Invite Health on several AM radio stations across the U.S. Of course, I will give you her website and how you can contact her. But for now, please help me welcome Dr. Melly to our show. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Melly. Thank you, Coach Ria. What a nice long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we I had really a little, I don't know, little noise in the background. I don't know if it was heard on the show, but welcome. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad we're bringing you to the show and, and share some great stuff, you know, that you offer and telling people what you do. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. So let me start. I always ask that question, and I'm sure probably you've been asked that question. What got you interested to begin with um, of natural, you know, medicine and natural, you know, become that particular type of doctor versus the conventional doctor? Well, I guess the long answer is that it started in my childhood. I was really raised with alternative I guess what we would call now alternative medicine, but really what my parents thought of as home remedies. Mm -hmm. They used home remedies. We had a garden. We were always eating fresh vegetables, and my parents were, what they say, influenced by the hippies in terms of eating vegetarian foods, although we also ate meat, but we ate a lot of vegetarian foods, lentils and rice, and they made their own whole grain bread. And I was very influenced by my parents growing up and the health choices that they made. Wow, that's amazing, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then so then when I got to uh, college, I knew I wanted to go into a health field, but medicine was too clinical and psychology was too clinical, and I played around. I wanted to do something that was also had uh, some artistic value and was I felt was creative, and I and I kind of stumbled upon naturopathic medicine. By because I was working at a juice bar when I was in college. And wow. so that's when I started to meet naturopathic doctors and actually start to have my own health experiences with naturopathic medicine. So you didn't never experience any, like, elements or anything like that. Some people, like, you know, they try to treat something, and then from that, like, they look at different things. But what you're saying is, is how you grew up. Like, you brought up with a family who believe in, you know, home remedies and, and healthy eating and natural eating and all this stuff. So that was only, you know the case, right? I was absolutely raised with the mindset. And so then when I did develop a a health condition, I developed cervical dysplasia, actually, which is something that affects lots of young women and women. It's something that can turn into cervical cancer. I treated it naturally with naturopathic medicine. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, off the air, I was sharing with you some other home remedy that I've, you know, that I've had, you know, tried myself and it worked for me as well. So, I mean, you know, of course, on this show, I just wanted to emphasize the fact that the show is really intended to be for information purpose and also thought-provoking. If you want more information, we'll give you in the end of the show how you can contact Dr. Melly and all the good stuff. 
but everything that you hear here today is for information purpose. So um, that now that we got all the stuff out of the way, let's get into the good stuff. So is there mm-hmm. anything else that we like to you like to have the listener know about Dr. Melly that we I did not mention? Um, well, I myself also really enjoy cooking, and so I really appreciate the value, the really intense experiential value of eating and cooking and being in touch with my food. And so that is really important, I think, when it comes to natural health. Although I'm also very much into dietary supplements and herbs and homeopathy and mm-hmm. uh, energy energy counseling and all sorts of a variety of alternative health. But that's something that uh, personally really influences me is my, my love of cooking. <laughs> And food. Yeah, you and I, I, yeah, I feel the same way because, I mean, I get, like, in, like really deep with my food and my cooking. I love to cook. I like to taste. I like to make, mix things. I create things. I, you know, and reinvent stuff, you know, like some stuff that I grew up, you know, eating as a child that I really love. And then now that I'm older, i trying to process, like, what is healthy, what is not, and then change it based on, you know, what can make it a little bit more healthier than the, the old way. You know, even though we ate, you know, I'm, I'm part Middle Eastern, so we ate really good growing up and French. So, you know, the combination has always been great for us as far as food and cooking and stuff. So I still carry that in with me. So let's, you know, I mean, we're going to get into your program about eating for meaning. And I was actually going to make the, the topic and, and actually the title of this episode today, Eating for Meaning. But I figure let's get people to understand first, what is naturopathic? medicine or naturopathic doctor. Can you, like, just um, explain to listeners who don't really know what that is? Absolutely. So a a naturopathic doctor is somebody who's gone in North America. There is a specific program where people go to a private postgraduate four-year accredited medical school. So after I was in college, I went on and completed a four-year degree where I learned all the scientific basics of clinical and physical diagnosis and physiology and anatomy and differential diagnosis. So I learned how to assess the body using Western medical standards. But then I also learned to assess the body using Chinese medicine and and different um, not, uh, more Eastern or holistic aspects of diagnosis. And then, of course, I learned how to treat the body instead of using drugs and surgery. I learned how to treat with food, diet, herbs, lifestyle counseling, homeopathy, and all the natural things. And I certainly firmly believe that the body has the ability to heal itself and that we should provide as gentle a treatment as possible without doing any harm to the body, always first and foremost. That's the most that's the first line of treatment. I really believe what we call alternative medicine ought to be what we do at home and what we seek counsel on initially when we get sick. You know, it's amazing how the trend, I mean, well, I call it trend because it's like, you know, people are really realizing finally, you know, what my grandmother, what your grandmother, what your mother, what, you know, all these people, all the treatment that they were doing back in these days, it really does work. And, but there is a myth, you know, there's a myth about our body. What do you think is the myth about our health and our well-being? Because I, you know, I think people really have a, you know, in their mind, they really think they want a quick fix. So what is, what is you know, what do you think? Well, just if you're trying to, if if you're trying to lead me in, I would say that there's absolutely no magic bullet. Okay, here you <laughs> there's go. There's no magic okay. bullet. Okay. 
There's no one pill that's going to fix anybody that does not exist. And it's the way that our brains are trained to ignore, ignore our bodies. We're not encouraged to pay attention to our symptoms and understand what that means. So in order to... Uh, really look at the body in depth, we have to pay attention to subtle symptoms that we're expressing or dealing with. So we really have to pay attention to that heartburn or we have to pay attention to that regular headache that we experience or our menstrual cramps because those are symptoms or the rash or the eczema. Those are symptoms that the body is not balanced. And as a naturopathic doctor, I really use those symptoms in a scientific way to understand what's happening in the body, what's physiologically going going wrong, and that's how we can do prevention. We can because we can treat those areas of the body with gentle medicines to rebalance, so that the disease never exists. The disease does not does not appear. Right. Disease only comes after a long period of time. Exactly. Generally, after the body's after the body's really struggling, you know, it used to take thirty to forty years to develop diabetes. But what's happening now? Our children are being born with diabetes type two because they are experiencing the effects of us passing it on to our gener- the generations uh, ahead of us. And so, you know, it, it's becoming our nutrition and our lack of nutrition is is becoming an emergency state, I would say, in North America because of our lifestyle and our diet. And there's a lot we can do about it. You know, it's interesting. I think, you know, I, I, the bottom bottom line for me, I always think, is like the more you know, you know, and then the more you process what you know because you really need to listen, and I think it's the connection, and that's what I love about, you know, naturopathic medicine and, you know, and, and what you do. It's you really just treat the body as a whole. It's the connection between the mind, body, and soul. It's all one as a whole. I mean, you know, to begin with, like you said, you know, the, the body in its natural state is healthy. What we do to it, and if we, you know, with time and, and we, we just keep neglecting the symptoms, we don't really go to the cause of what's going on. And I think, you know, we need to listen to our body. I mean, like, I, you know, I always try to put myself as an example here on a personal level. Like, you know, I had a root canal done, like, years ago when I was a little girl. And uh, um, I think it was, like, really bothering me, but it's just not, you know, so I went to the dentist, and the dentist was like, you know, they did x-rays and everything. My mouth is healthy. I do a lot of great things with, with as far as, like, the hygienic for, for my mouth because I think that's the first place. But that's a different show, different time. But the bottom line is there was a cause to the problem, you know, that was a lot deeper because when he did the x-rays, everything came out normal. You yeah. know, so, you know, on the energetic level, on, you know, so it, it, we try to treat it in a different way, and now it, it's fine, and I'm going to save the tooth, and I don't have to do another root canal, you know, it's, which is, like, great, you know, the prevention part, I mean, trying to deal with the, with the cause. But how do you unlock the, 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 those core beliefs, you know, that people believe that, you know, it, it's, uh, hey, you know what, if it's not broken, don't fix it? Yeah, well, that's a good question because I look at health as a as a journey, as a as a long line that starts at birth and ends at death. And disease is not a matter of tr- pulling the trigger and one day you're healthy and the next day you have a disease. It develops over years and decades. And so I look at health as a journey as opposed to the the trigger the trigger theory. 
Um, so when we, from the time that we're born, our immune systems are developing and we're getting healthier as we go on, we ought to be getting healthier. If something's going on and we're getting sicker and we get treated with medicine, then there's new um, areas of weakness happening that also ought to be treated. And so any time that we're sick, that we get stressed out, that we have a trauma, even if it's an emotional trauma, even if it's just a personal wound, like even if our dog dies or even if somebody in insults me. As a child, you're very sensitive and impressionable, and, and you can carry that emotional with you further, or how your mother treats you, or how your, or your relationship with your, with your sibling. All of those things can really be underlying factors of disease. So it's always dynamic. It's always changing. It's only after a period of time that we start to really get physical symptoms as a result of that. And I believe that everything is also changing, it's dynamic, and we can always make things better. We can always improve our health subtly. We're doing so on a daily basis. Every single day our body is regenerating and and being destroyed. That's how, that's how growth happens. Our cells die and they regrow. They die and they regrow. And so if we provide a positive nutrition and positive environment and positive emotions, then we can help them grow better. And so... In terms of changing people's beliefs, only a person can do that themselves. But I'm happy to provide information that gives them the food for thought so that they can think about what, you know, how healthy they actually are or if they could take some fine-tuning or some balancing or some stress relief or some additional sources of well-being. It's, it's, it can be about well-being and maintaining well-being. Once it, once it does break, and I'm sorry to be so long-winded, once it does break is it's really hard to come back to normal. A, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure is an extremely little, literal experience. It's much easier to prevent than it is to treat after the fact. True, true, true. You know, as a coach and as a consultant, I always try to make sure that I, I uh, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody can just, you know, overnight do something like, you know, crazy. And I love what you said. You know, he said, you can learn to make natural healthy changes and make them at your own pace. I mean, you can yeah. do that. I mean, you really can do that. And you're going to give us a few tips about how to do that when we talk about your program. Uh, but, I mean, I think you really got to start by looking and feeling what you feel. And I think the connection is, like, how does my body feel? Like I told you, I mean, I feel like under the weather. I don't know what's going on. I don't get sick. I haven't been sick for many for a long time. And I woke up this morning. I felt achy. I felt like, you know, whatever. And I knew there's something going on. So I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going about it to, to go do everything that is right. You know, I took some soup for lunch. You know, I'm like, I'm drinking uh, uh, licorice tea right now. You know, I'm doing everything that I can possibly do just to make sure my body, uh, of course, I'm doing the elder elderberry, I guess, whatever, mm-hmm. the, the, the supplement. Anyway, Very antiviral. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I've done like the, the oregano, you know, drops, like the oil, you know, this morning too. Uh, but the thing is, I definitely feel better than I was this morning when I woke up. But I think, you know, we really need to listen to our body. And I think we don't need to jump in. But here's, here's what I see, and I'd like you to clarify. Because naturopathic doctor is not just an alternative doctor. They are science. I mean, they mix the two together. Is that correct? So can you please make sure that people understand that it's, you know, there's a science behind it too? 
Absolutely. So that's what I mentioned. I mean, I've studied anatomy and physiology and immunology and histology and all the all the medical sciences. I've studied those. That's a big part of the naturopathic education. And the way that I understand the body is in a scientific way, although, of course, I incorporate the scientific with the, with the dynamic, with the artistic. So naturopathic medicine really merges, I think, the best of scientific understanding and right. applies it to the body using nutritional methods. It's not to say that medicine is not important. Of course, we need it, but we can definitely integrate the two, and I think that we should always be looking at how to encourage health and maintain health as opposed to just always treating and killing disease. The idea we have of disease, Coach Rhea, is really off-center because disease is not only a bad thing. Disease itself can also be balancing. So we mm-hmm. always think of disease in our society as something that's bad. But I, you know, when I get a cold, I, I kind of take that as a sign that I'm a little bit run down or that maybe I'm a bit stressed out and, and just allow myself to, to recover for a couple of days. Now, we can't always do that, but I'm not just stuffing anti, you know, anti-cold medications and cough suppressants into myself all the time. I let myself, I just let myself recover naturally by using the gentle supports that you've mentioned, the things that you're doing as well. But just let the cold run its course because our immune system is always fluctuating as well. We want our white blood cells to be challenged every once in a while. People think that they're in perfect health if they never get a cold, but that's not true, actually. It's that's healthy true. to yeah. get a cold every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, here I am. I guess I, I'm happy, but I'm really not happy because I don't like that feeling because I'm all, I'm all yeah. so energetic. I, I'm, you know, but like, I think you, you, you said it right. Like Sometimes you need to slow down. And, uh, it's you know, inconvenient up, to be sick. but <laughs> Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and when we look at, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things I like about the approach of naturopathic um, medicine is the fact is, is prevention is the cure, you know, instead of like, you know, going out searching for the cure. I mean, you know, if we can prevent ourselves from getting sick and like you said, you know, every now and then your body needs to be challenged because that's how you build your immune system. I remember when my son, you know, was a baby. My my brother, my older brother is a doctor, and uh, um, he dropped his pacifier. That was years ago. My son is 17, so so he dropped his pacifier on the floor, and I, it was in New York City, and I was, I was like, there is no way. I'm putting it back, and, you know. So my, my brother turns around, and he goes and say, you need to put it in your mouth, lick it, and put it in his mouth. I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. He said it's okay if he gets a little germ. It's okay for him to get a little germ. It's it's actually going to help him build his immune system. So it's it's all good. But for me, it was like no, no, no. My first response is like this is germ. This is like street. I you know people take their shoes off when they come to my house. I don't know if I'm going to allow you know something like that to be. Um, so it's it's interesting. I mean, that's all really back to the belief in what we believe about our life. And in, and the thing is, we live in a different time too. Unfortunately, in a sense, I mean, it's a good thing, but there is also the not so good thing. The good thing is, I mean, science is like, my God. I mean, look where we are. It's it's the technology age that we live in, right? So we everything is accessible. Everything is easy. I mean, people can cure themselves. They go online and they cure themselves. Is that a healthy way to do that? Absolutely not. But the bottom line is there's also that part of you that you need to assess, you know, what is right for you by really kind of like I, I always say you got to start from what you are right now and examine how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and everything is in coordination with what's going on in your life on the outside in the physical world. So um, if something out of line and it's not right, it's because of 
something needs to be fixed, you know. Yeah, and even and we're talking about prevention, but I want to say to, to the listeners who are ill or who are dealing with a chronic illness, of course, there's always wellness to be found. That's why I say health is a journey. You're never entirely sick or entirely healthy. There's no such thing. We're always fluctuating. We're healthy in one way. We're not healthy in another way, you know. We might be perfectly physically healthy and have a mental mental illness or have no friends, you know, something like that. But but So it's a real blend. We have to look at the entire picture. So nobody's compl- nobody's ever perfectly sick. You always have some health there. And so even if you're suffering with a chronic illness, even a chronic illness like cancer or heart disease or diabetes, there's still a part of you that's well, and we can work on that part and build that part. So that's also part of my philosophy about about uh, with naturopathic medicine is that we can always increase wellness no matter where you are on your spectrum of health, on your journey of health. Right, and and you know, I mean, you heard me from the beginning of the show. I always say, question everything, and and the problem is with our you know information age that we live in right now. There's there is so much information out there, and I think consumers are getting confused. People are getting confused. One day they tell you this is good for you, another day they tell you this is not good for you, and then on and on and on. And I think you know when you open yourself and become vulnerable to to the wrong information, you make the wrong decision. So I think, you know, one of the things, I mean, what my work, and and that's why I really want you to, you know, to tell me if this is correct or not, what my work for one person, it doesn't work for, you know, I mean, I know our physiology is all the same, but, I mean, we process our chemicals. I mean, things are different on each body. I mean, even the emotion part can change our physiology. I mean, I have, um, what's his name coming on, Bruce Lipton, who who wrote uh, The Biology of Belief. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, absolutely. Come, I, he, I, I actually follow him. I, I love him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's coming on the show on, on, I mean, I when I read the book, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it's crazy. But that is so true. Every cell yeah. has intelligent. Every, yeah. So what do you, what, you know? Well, I'm excited to hear you mention him, actually, because my Eating for Meaning program, one, my Eating for Meaning program has, my fourth principle is actually the principle of epigenetics, and, and really I initially learned about epigenetics from Bruce Lipton, from be- reading The Biology of Belief. So it really began my understanding how we can explain in a scientific way. I mean, I've always understood that from a homeopath- knowing homeopathy, I've always understood that the body can actually regenerate itself, and we can... Even if we have a gene, we can, we can change our genetic expression, even if we can't change the gene itself. But reading Bruce Lipton's book really helped me understand it in a scientific way, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah and great. I, 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 love him. I always recommend books, too. And so I, if you know, anybody who's listening and you have not read that book, I highly, highly recommend that you read it to understand a little bit more about your body and what goes on, because it's fascinating, actually. I think I'm trying to remember how I got, you know, uh, stumbled over the book. I think Dr. Wayne Dyer mentioned him one time. I was at a seminar, and he had uh, came, uh, you know, he talked about Bruce Lipton, and I was like, oh, i got to read that. Um, and, and when I read it, it just blows my mind. So I'm really excited about having him, too. And, of course, I'm excited to get you here, too. So this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, Thank so, you so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your program, Eating for Meaning, and uh, why is it so important that we really connect with our food and what we do on a daily basis. So we'll be right back. So thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Yeah. 
Dr. David Kenneth Waldman founded to love children. When I met Dr. David Kenneth Waldman in my office, uh, when I was the minister in charge of gender, and he came to sell me this idea, his vision of, of uh, the girl-child education, I embraced it because I thought this is the way we would be able to empower our young girls. Please go to tolovechildren.org and donate. Thank you for helping me to take my passion and turn it into action. So again, for um, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Kotria. So you were listening to an ad for um, tolovechildren.org. It's uh, an organization that I am on the board um, of, and it's a dear to my heart. So please check it out, and please make a difference. We can all make the difference. So back to our guest, great guest today. We talk in health. We talk in natural health and natural, you know, uh, medicine. And uh, my guest today, Dr. Melly, she is a naturopathic doctor, and she also has a master's degree in um, public health. I'm trying to read this here. And uh, she's also a specialist in anti-aging, and uh, she has a great program that we're going to talk about, um, Eating for Meaning. And before the break, we discussed a lot of the, you know, the, the, uh, um, the core beliefs about, you know, what we think about our body and the prevention. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about eating for meaning. And what does that mean? Welcome back, Dr. Melly. Thank you so much, Coach Ria. It's a pleasure having and you. So you met be- <laughs> and so if, if, if that was my cue, if, what you said before the break, were you talking about how people are overwhelmed and bombarded with information? I completely agree with that. There's so much information Always, whether you're listening to the, the television, the Dr. Oz, and or any of the newest nutritionists or the newest diet craze or the newest exercise or what the American Heart Association says or the American Diabetes Association says or what your doctor tells you or what your mother tells you. I mean, we're just constantly bombarded with information, what mar- food advertisers and what the television is saying to us about the food that we're eating and, and, and what we should be getting. And so people don't know whether to eat eggs or egg whites or not it, no eggs, you know, with a, even a simple thing as, as a food like eggs, are they healthy or not? We just don't know. <laughs> and know, so this is the... Something. Yeah, I have to share something with you. Yeah, that go I ahead. Thought hysterically interesting. I, well, for me it was. I don't know. Some people might think it's, like, cool, right? So, you know, like the vegan trend, right? Everybody's, like, want to go vegan and they make things out of anything, right? So you can just, like, mm-hmm. you know, so you can eat it. So to me, it's still processed. It's not natural way to do it. But anyway, I was at the Whole Foods store in Madison, New Jersey, a few you know a few weeks ago, and I was as I was walking in the aisle, I saw this guy who was standing and he was doing a tasting, you know, like one of the mayo that they have there. And the guy, he's like, "Oh, do you want to try this mayo? It's it's absolutely dairy free. It's whatever." It's like, "Well, it's not soy. I don't want to eat soy. I don't do soy. I stay away from soy, whatever." And then I was like, he said, no, you don't understand. Bill Gates, with some other guys, re-isolated like, this one protein, and they reinvented this product that is sitting on people's shelf, and they tried to sell it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, it's the same concept that they did the eggs. I don't know if you heard about the egg, the fake egg. 
that it's actually it looks like an egg and whatever you know that but right. it's it's a vegan vegan eggs and and uh, so mm-hmm. I was just like I mean to me again I'm not saying you know this is this is uh, bad things but for me it was I just thought it was like hysterical I'm like are you kidding me he should stick with computer what is he doing making food oh, well, I mean Bill Gates is a big spreader of Monsanto in Africa and all the developing countries so we know that Bill what we know about Bill Gates is that he's extremely moved by finance mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, even and he's very heavily invested in the world food market and I, and I don't think that that's a good thing even if yeah, he's no. meaning well uh, Bill Gates does not have the understanding of food to really be able to discern between what is good for us and what is not. Yeah. So it frightens yeah. me when people like Bill Gates, really powerful names like that, are actually given the responsibility and the funding and they found, form foundations. And really what they're doing is that they're spreading Monsanto and genetically modified organisms all across the world. Exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. And this is something also I'd like you to mention, too, because people, because I had mentioned it to someone, you know, like now you need to look at your package, like when you buy whatever you buy that it's just, say, a non-GMO, non-genetically modified food. So basically that's what it means. And I think people don't realize that. And I think people don't also realize the difference between organic and non-organic and why they should eat certain things organic and it's okay to eat certain things non-organic. I mean, you know, the thing is, like I said, it's overwhelming. It's a huge it's a huge topic. It's, a, it's another week of shows to talk about the difference between organic soy and non-organic soy and genetically modified and what genetically modified even means. People don't even know what it means. People don't yeah. know that it means that Roundup, this pesticide Roundup, is bred into every DNA of the food. I mean, that's what DNA essentially means right now is that, that uh, pesticides are in every cell of the food that you're eating. And that means, and pesticides are endocrine disruptors. They block fertility. So it's it's a really dire situation. But um, GMO, they think, oh, it means fish protein and tomato, you know, all this stuff. And it does mean that potentially. And it also means that we can increase the health of something like rice by putting beta carotene in it. But for the most part, what, what, what it means when we're eating GMOs and consuming mass GMOs is that all of the soy, all of the sugar, all of the corn, all of the uh, cotton that you're growing that we're handling on a daily basis, and all of the canola is pesticide has pesticides bred into every single cell of that food and you cannot wash that pesticide off there's no washing it off what it also means is that all the feed that we're going to start feeding our cows and our chickens are all genetically modified so our animals are also filled with genetically modified organisms which are again hormone disruptors they block our estrogen they block our testosterone they increase our cholesterol so it's a it has a massive impact on the food security issue and we're the wool is really being pulled over our eyes i mean not to make the show political but it's really being pulled over our eyes as to how dangerous they actually are and and i mean i think it's really i mean i you know being a little bit more mindful of what you're consuming and that's what you know we're going to talk about your program eating for me you know <laughs> What does that mean and what is, you know, but I mean, just to kind of like touch on what you just said about, you know, this whole thing that could take, like you said, a few shows to talk about. I'm very particularly like, you know, um, picky when it comes to food. Yeah. And I try to minimize my eating out. I try to minimize like where I go to eat and all the stuff. But I, I heard something that was really disturbing. So I, um, we have a little dog and uh, she goes to um, Holistic Vets. 
up in uh, um, Lowell Falls here. And uh, he he believes like raw food and all the stuff, you know, grass-fed and everything. So anyhow, so one time I wanted to get her a treat. So I wanted to get a raw bone for her, right? So I was talking mm-hmm. to the guy who does, you know, who handles the food aspect of the business. And so I was, you know, I was asking, I said, so is this, you know, is this bone actually from an animal that is grass-fed? He said, well, I can tell you that, but it's actually grass-finished. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> I mean, just like it's changing the word. And I said, what does mm-hmm. that mean? He said, the animal, truth, before they get slaughtered, before they, the animal put to, you know, to be used as meat or whatever, they feed them grass. But the rest of their life, they were not fed grass. So see how, like, a little word can change things? Which yeah. I never heard of it before until the guy was telling me, and he was being honest with me. And he said, well, you know, I can tell you, this particular bone came from a farm that, um, you know, the animal was grass-finished. I'm like, what? what is grass-finished? What does that mean? I have also never heard that, but thank you for sharing me that, because I'm, here, I'll be yeah, getting questions on it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm telling you, because we always learn something new, because I said, grass-finished? It's just it's it's just bizarre. So let's take about talk about your program. So we don't want to take the the show just talking okay. about how, how bad our food supply is. <laughs> yeah, we'll get okay. So I mean, we do live in this world. We live in the world that we live in, and the world is toxic. I think that that's the point. But you know, we can't change the world, and it's and. and it's not my real practical goal on a daily basis to change the food industry. I mean, we have food babes. She's doing the work to do that when she's doing a wonderful right. job. But on a daily basis, all we can do is do our best. I mean, we have to live in the environment that we live in. We live here. We choose to live here. We don't want to run away and live in Antarctica or live in, you know, in the Himalayas. We live here. We live in New York or we live wherever you live around the world. It likely has spaces some pollution. And so I think it's best to make to to get to know our own bodies and our own family's needs as well. So if you feel like you there's foods that irritate you, whether or not the food is said to be healthy on the news or not, it's how it affects you. So you, it's important to pay attention as to how the food that you eat is affecting you. And so does it give you energy? And starting to notice things about the way that food sits with you. When you eat food, does it give you energy? After you eat it, does it make you feel overly full? Or do you have to go to the washroom in an emergency? Are you having an explosive bowel movement after you eat food? Are you falling asleep at your desk? Um, Are you getting a headache? Are you getting nervous or jittery or in a foul mood? These are some of the things to notice about food and the the impact of our food that we're choosing on us, because we all know that we should be eating more fruits and vegetables and that we should be eating perfectly, but it's not necessary to eat perfect all the time. That's not the point. The point is to eat the best that you can do at every at every moment and not have to worry about, you know, what you ate yesterday or what you ate when you were up to the time you were 15 years old, because that's all in the past now and you can't do anything more about that. Right. So that's right. step number that's one, true. is, is just understanding... Is paying attention to our own body response. How does the food smell? It's not just about eating for meaning isn't just about the food filling us up and feeling satisfied as we're, ta- as we're tasting it, but how does it really smell to you? Does it smell good? Does it smell appetizing? And take the time to chew it and to feel it in your mouth. Notice the textures of it. Um, you know, notice the colors on your plate. Do they make you happy? Are they bright colors or are they sad, sticky, gooey colors? 
Um, and then also, does the, how does the food feel after you've eaten it? Does it still feel as good as when you as you thought it did when you were chewing it? So that's one aspect of of improving learning how your your nutrition relates to your own body and the effect that every meal has has on you. It's not just physical even. It's also emotional. It's also psychological. So I, I encourage the first thing to do when we're eating for meaning is to write down everything that you eat and notice how you feel after you eat it. True. Because that's, you know, getting involved. I mean, I think getting involved because most of the time, um, you know, we just do things like on a robotic, you know, um, way because we really don't think about the process itself. And I think, you know, like for me, like, you know, I mean, I know there's like cultural things and we have like etiquette as far as like sitting at the table. Everybody got to eat slow. You got to, you know, chew your food good. You don't get out of the table till everybody else is done because that is just a time to pay respect to the food and really kind of focus on what you're eating. But not everybody does that. And I'm not saying, like, my way is right or whatever, but I think, you know, the, 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 the fact that most people go for the convenience first, I think that's what makes it, you know, um, really hard for them to really, you know, eat with meaning because it's like, well, i got to eat what I have here and I'm hungry and I'm sitting here working at my desk you know, I used to get on my, my husband's case for a while because, like, you know, now he packs food and takes it with him to work because mm-hmm. he doesn't leave to get, grab something to eat. So he grabs whatever from the machine, whatever. He doesn't do that anymore. But it's a habit mm-hmm. you build, and that's what I like to talk about because, I, you know, it's really it's a matter of creating new habits, right? You're right. We've trained ourselves to not be hungry for breakfast. We've trained ourselves to eat too big of a dinner or to eat really late at night. These are not things that you were likely doing when you were a child. And even if you were doing them when you were a child, you can train, you can train yourself back. You can train yourself back to the, to a healthier way. I mean, Kotria, we all know that we have to eat at least three times a day in order to be healthy, and yet people are still thinking last minute about what they're going to eat at almost every meal and then being forced to choose the most convenient, what they would call convenient item. So we've got to really take control of our eating pattern, and it does start with nutrition. I think it does start with nutrition, which is why nutrition is is the first principle of my Eating for Meaning program. That's, and so when yeah. I say that, so when I say that, that that it starts with nutrition is that if we're eating according to the habits that we've set, we have to start to introduce breakfast. That is the most important thing. So I mean, nutrition. I could go on for a year about how to improve nutrition into your life, but you have to eat breakfast because when you eat breakfast, you are setting the metabolism for the day, and you're not starting the day off hungry. If you're starting the day off hungry, then you're going to be hungry for the rest of the day, and therefore you're going to always be playing catch-up and always be forced to choose the most convenient food. If you're not hungry at, at the beginning of the day, then you can think more and spend more time planning your meals and think about what the most what the most important foods that you should be eating is. Listen, if I go if I go eight hours without eating and I go to the grocery store, I am going to open up a bag of chips in the aisle and open up a bag of cookies too and eat them both right there at the grocery store because I am yeah. starving. Because that's a response and a lot of people, to, right, right, to the hunger. And a lot of people do that all, yes, it's hunger. It's hunger. It's not willpower. It's hunger. Right. And so any, anybody is going to be starving after not eating for eight hours. 
And then if people have contributing problems like diabetes or blood sugar problems, then they're going to be then they're going to be even hungrier. They're going to be sick. Many diabetics I know don't even eat breakfast. So we really want, what I educate people is just the basic biochemical components to how important eating is because it's not about willpower. It's about biochemistry and the fact that we need to eat to feed our brain as well as our body. Nutrition, number one. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, I mean, I have to tell you because I am absolutely not perfect and I just want to make sure the listeners know I I make a lot of mistakes because, unfortunately, I love my coffee. I grew up drinking coffee and we drink strong coffee. And for me, you know, like when I was growing up in Europe, you know, we were like the first thing, like I would go to the bakery, I grab baguettes and croissants and, you know, put jelly on it and then we'll eat it. And then this is our breakfast, right? Not the most healthiest mm-hmm. breakfast. Well, of course, you know, when I was in my teens back there, I can't do that now, right? So it just does not work the same way. So like now what I do, I force myself to make, like I set it up. So I, I do smoothie. I force myself to make a smoothie. So even like I used to do it with almond milk, and I felt like, you know, I think maybe the almond milk is overdoing it with the omega-6. So I start like switching to coconut water, adding like, you know, probiotic like a, um, yogurt or something as a base for the, you know, and then I add my, my fruits and, you know, my, my frozen fruits and stuff like that to the mix and, and uh, you know, but... I have to tell you, it wasn't easy. It's not easy for some people who are not really big breakfast person to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's not. You have to train yourself back, just like we said. And I am not a sit-down breakfast person either, but that's why I always have raw nuts and seeds, raw dry fruits, uh, organic peanut butter on my shelf so that I can just grab a, teasp- a tablespoon of peanut butter or a spoonful of peanut butter before I leave the house. I always make sure I have something. So I'm also a smoothie person, but I don't drink it at home. I make it and I bring it with me so that I drink it when I get to work. But I mm-hmm. always still have something first thing in the morning, whether whether it's a, a piece of toast with, or, with almond butter or whether it's a hard-boiled egg, which I already have in the fridge prepared. Yeah, uh, so I, it's a matter of being that. prepared right. and having things that you can eat. If you don't have anything in your fridge, you can't be healthy because you can't eat you can't eat nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's why I mean, like you know, I I think it's one of what you said. It's really you know, it's really important. And you can you know, when people reach you, that you can really walk them through the process itself. But I think you really need to check your pantry. You need to check your fridge. You need to check your freezer. What you have in there. You know, do you have the right food in there? I mean, like when I go shopping, I mean, I even shop at Costco, which is a you know, it's a um, it's a wholesale you know, gro- I mean, a warehouse. But now, like, even Costco, even Costco is trending to have, like, non-GMO, organic products, because I actually, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one, they finally changed, because I used to, like, really get, you know, I'm like, I'm not buying any food from there, because it's like, I'm not getting what I want. So I have to go to my local supermarket to get the organic, you know, produce and vegetables and all the stuff that I, I need um, for my meal. But, you know, I do what I can with, you know, I mean, I think with every budget, you can eat healthy. I really do believe that. Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. It's not, it's almost a myth. If if you compare a, an organic bread to a regular bread, then, okay, organic bread is more expensive. But it's not more expensive to make your own bread out of organic flour, and it's not expensive to reduce 
bread altogether, which is what most of us should be eating, and opt for lentils and brown rice instead. That's not more expensive. So we really have to cha- make changes. But we can make slow changes. You don't, you can't do everything at once. You mm-hmm. want to, if you're not eating breakfast, then you have to eat breakfast. If you're not eating a good breakfast, then you have to eat more protein and more good fats at your breakfast. So no matter where you are, I can always help counsel people on something that they can be doing better and something that will really impact their level of health quite right away. The second thing that you mentioned about having food in the cupboard, I mean, you have to go grocery shopping and have food in your cupboard so that you can eat at home. Otherwise, you're always going to be eating out of convenience stores and fast food restaurants and and grab-and-goes. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned that, to you, because, you know, I work for, you know, I mean, I, I for me, it's convenient because I schedule my own, you know, my own work and stuff like that. But for my husband, he has to go to an office, he has to go out on the road, you know, to see clients or whatever. And he used to always eat whatever he could find, you know. And now mm-hmm. I just make sure I'm like, that's why I'm going grocery shopping. <laughs> so you can have the things that you can take with you that will make it easier for you to eat it on the go or whatever. Because, I, you know, again, it's just like being a little bit mindful. I think for a while, you know, everybody's fighting me. My son, my husband is like, Mom, you're overdoing it. I said, no, I'm not overdoing it. I am just overprotective of what I think our body is. I mean, our body is it's not something that you can just break and then put it together. You know, you break it, you know, it's going to take, you know, in my work to put it together. And, and it will be a long journey to, like you said, you know, health is a, is a journey. But you know what? It's going to make it harder for you. So why can't you prevent it from breaking to begin with um, by doing a few things? You know, I wanted to ask you about, you said peanut butter. <laughs> Do you have a preference between peanut butter and almond butter? Is it really butter or almond butter? I mean, I don't know what the hype. You know, everybody says almond butter. Everybody, you know. Well, you know, peanut butter, peanuts are a legume. There's lots of problems with peanuts. So so peanuts are the one food that I, I like peanuts, personally. I like peanuts. Okay. I tolerate peanuts well, but I buy organic peanut butter, and I do spend $10 a jar on a glass jar of okay. organic, just peanuts. It's a choice that I make because I like it. It's, a, it's not a nut. It's not a, peanuts are a legume, so they're related to the lentil, so they have a more complete protein than an almond. But I like almond butter as well. And so almond butter is also beneficial. It also does have some proteins and some good fat, and it's better than eating uh, like a, a Jiffy or a Skippy peanut butter, which has shortening and and icing sugar in it. So oh, you just don't yeah. want to make you just want to make sure you're not eating the regular conventional um, peanut butters, which have the shortening and the sugar in them. You want to change to whole whole foods, whole foods as much as possible, or make your own if you really want to. But yeah. um, as long as you're not eating too much peanut butter, as long as, you know, eating a tablespoon at a time, I think it's fine. I think it's a healthy food as long as you don't have an allergy. If you right. have an allergy to it, then it's not healthy. Some people have an allergy to almonds, in which case almond butter is not healthy for them. You know, almond milk is not healthy for them, whereas for another person might have an allergy to soy or sensitivity to soy. Soy is not healthy for them. Or, you know, and so it's really also... As an individual, we all have to eat differently. Not one food is healthy for all of us. Some people are allergic to apples, you know, so clearly that person um, should not be eating apples, even though apples are the healthiest food in the world. Well, you know, I mean, for many so, years, and now they brought it back. They said apple days keep, you know, <laughs> the doctor away. But now, like I heard it recently, they said, you know, that is really valid that actually, you know, but of course it has to be an organic apple. You cannot eat because apple, I think grapes, the most pesticides, like they spray the most, right? Um, mm-hmm. What's some other fruits? Yeah, and, they're you know, a cash crop. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, it, it's hard to, uh, um, you know, and then the benefit is in the skin. I had a Dr. Um, Rothman. I don't know if you know him. He's actually, um, he practices a medical doctor, but he also has a wellness center here in New Jersey. And when he came on my show, he, like, he attacked everything because he said fruits and vegetables, I mean, especially fruit, it's all sugar. And I said, well, well, you know, what about apples? You know, you eat the apple. He's like, well, when you peel the apple, what happened? The apple turns brown. I said, well, yeah, you're right. He said, then why don't you eat the skin? Because that's where all the benefit is. <laughs> it's like, wow. No. You know what? I never thought about it that way, but yes, it sounds perfect. No, I would like to get into an argument with that man because um, all fruit <laughs> is not all him. sugar. Yeah, I would not, fruit is not all sugar. Fruit is sugar as well as fiber, which blocks the sugar uptake and lowers the glycemic index. It also has vitamins and minerals that allow our brains to use the sugar in a good way as opposed to just causing it to be stored as fat. Fruit and sugar are not the same thing. Even fruit and and fruit juice are not the same thing because of the fiber. Anytime there's fiber in something, that is a type of carbohydrate that has zero calories that fills us up. that lowers the blood sugar that enters into our bloodstream and reduces our insulin resistance. So I I strongly beg to differ, and I think that this is an example of misspreading of nutritional information that really, I'm sorry that it was about your guest. No, no, he's a great doctor, and I'm not trying to put him (laughs) down by all means, no. But I remember him saying, it was like two years ago, he came on my show, and I wanted to bring him back on. But he said, yeah, fruit is sugar. And I said, what do you mean, a fruit is sugar? I like to eat an apple. I like to eat a banana. I like to eat, you know, um, I mean, these are my favorite, you know, fruits of everything. I like to eat grapes, so I make sure always I eat dark, you know, grapes that are organic. But he said that's all, you know, he said all the benefit is in the skin. He said, but, you know, it made sense what he said, but, I mean, you know, because really the vitamins, like, you know, when you think about, you know, but then the core of the apple is, where um you got the uh, um um now I'm, I'm totally yes exactly. it's, it's actually it's actually the seeds are the most healthy of anything it's the seeds seed? really? and yes yes apple seeds that's where you get your B17 that's where you get your natural chemotherapy that's where you get uh, your that's where you get the so oils like for instance poisonous? grapes why do they say it's it's a it's a it's, it's it is. It's poisonous to cancer cells. And so, actually, if you eat a small amount on a daily basis, I, I firmly believe that if you, if uh, the, the, the saying that an apple a day keeps the doctor away is only if you're eating the skin and the seeds. And so, uh, because the seeds are the healthiest part. The seeds are the part with the with the beneficial oil. They're the part with the germ. They're the part with the they have natural antifungals. They have uh, grape seed extract, for instance, has been shown to lower blood pressure. That's the seed. Now, of course, the skin of the grape is all. He's also very right. The skin is also very healthy as well. Um, but the seed itself is actually the most healthy part. <laughs> so anyway, wow. if we talk about like if we're talking about almonds, almonds are a seed. You know, they're a seed in in a in a family yeah, that belongs to. Right, right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of myth about things, and that's why I said you get so much information. You, you know, you wonder what is right yeah. and what's wrong. Yeah. Right. And so and it's not it's not it's not even a matter of everything. Nothing is perfect. There's no perfect. It's a matter of eating whole food nutrition and discovering what's right for us and also adding adventure into our diet and eating things that we don't normally eat is a really important part of eating. It's a really important important right. part of eating for meaning because Americans are eating the same five vegetables every day, which are potatoes, corn, tomatoes, uh white lettuce and pickles. 
And so, the, you know, there's so many other vegetables out there that we obviously need to be eating. Right, right. And that's why, I mean, uh, I, all I, of the I greens. love colors. Yeah, what's that? All of the greens. All they the greens, we eat the color yeah. of the rainbow every day. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, um, I think you should have, um, just wanted to tell our listeners that Dr. Melly hosts the Dr. Melly Hour with um, Invite Health on several, you know, AM radio. She also has one on the online as well, right? I do, yeah. So I ha- I'm the ho- I've been the host of the Double Diamond Wellness Hour on TalkingAlternative.com for about a year and a half. And currently, I, you can find me on several AM stations for InviteHealth.com. And so I'm on Friday. I'll be on tomorrow morning at 9 on WVNJ. And I'll be on at 10 on WLIB. That's WLIB.com. And I'll be on at 6 p.m. on The Answer. That's uh, a local station in New York, and um, the, their their number is 9:70 a.m. And so, uh, yeah, if you want to tune in further, please do, or you can look me up on my I website, my own personal website. You do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think you, you provide a lot of great information. And so, how do people? Well, you know, the the link they can either go to eatingformeaning.com or they can go to mellysev.com. Either way, they can you know uh, people can find out a little bit more about your uh, program. So what you know, we talked about the program, but how do people like they they sign up? I mean, what do you or you do the consultation? Can you tell us? Yes, absolutely. The program is actually available online. So I have I have an online program. I offer uh, one Skype appointment per month, as well as uh, an exchange of information. I even give some meditation because also mindfulness is a really important right. way sure. to get to know uh, what's good for you. And so I provide some some meditation CDs to help people realize what's what's uh, good for them and their diet. And uh, so that's a six month long program. Or of course I do it one on one and. I also offer workshops, and I'll be, I'll be, I, w- I offer these at the Double Diamond Wellness Center on the Upper West Side, and I also offer them at Mountain, which is ilovemountain.net. That's a clinic in Brooklyn. Oh, beautiful! So keep me posted for all the new stuff, and I will share as well, you know, um, with everybody who follows the show and, and listen to the show because we'll love to keep in touch with you because I think you know, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how the time flies so fast. Um, so any, uh, you know, last minute tips or anything like that before we close up on the show? Well, I just want to tell people to not beat up on themselves for what they eat because there's always another meal around the corner. And the most Mm -hmm. important thing when it comes to eating is to make the best choice you can right now. And the best choice always includes the most vegetables. So when in doubt, eat the thing with the most vegetables, and then, but enjoy it. Eat what you eat, what you like, but you also can train your palate to like healthier foods over time. And this, and this just takes some some coaching and some experience and some open to adventure. You know, I just everybody can to learn mention, to eat with meaning. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention to the listeners that uh, Dr. Melly does also, even though she's in New York, her practice is in New York. She does virtual. Um, um, help and, and, and sessions with, you know, anybody who's interested, even though you could be listening anywhere in the world for all I mean, you know, she offers offer Skype, Skype sessions. Yeah, yeah, so she does a Skype session, so you're welcome to, you know, to contact her and find out more about, you know, you can also, you know, contact me on my website at coachingbyria.com to get more information on Dr. Melly and any of the guests that we have here. But, I mean, I have to tell you, you enlighten me. Thank you so much. I mean, what a great information. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for inviting me on your show, Coach Rhea. I really had a great time. And and I hope to meet that doctor one day. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I'm actually going to forward you his information. He's a great guy. I love him, Dr. Rothman. I'm sure he is. I'm sorry to pick on you, Dr. Rothman. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's a great guy. But I remember him saying that. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I can't eat fruit. I need to eat fruit. (laughs) They just published a study that people who live... Yes, people who eat the longest, longest and the healthiest, people who live the longest and the healthiest eat seven servings of fruits and vegetables per day. So fruits are really important to eat. You just have to eat the whole thing. He's right about that. You know, like one thing we didn't touch on, actually, which is, you know, it's okay because I extended the time. So if, if you have a couple minutes to stay on the air, you know, the fact is I think most of the problem with most of us is, is inflammation and, and, and the sugar content and the salt content in most food you know, that we, we consume. And I think these are two things that people really need to pay attention to, how much sugar they, they consuming. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if this is a true fact, but, I mean, isn't most illnesses are really basically, you know, um, based on, like, you know, some kind of inflammation somewhere in the body? <laughs> Absolutely. And so inflammation is caused from a lack, of like a, a poor nutrient diet, and it's caused from obesity, and but sh- and sugar, refined sugar that's in our diet from sodas and carbohydrates and breads and bagels and cakes and cookies and candies, These, this is the biggest culprit um, because it generates inflammation and it generates our bodies to store fat, and then it also, in those foods, we're lacking nutrients. It's not like we're going to get a high-nutrient food, which, which also has a high refined sugar content. People are choosing the refined sugar over the beautiful sugars that are found in fruits. And the salt, unfortunately, as well, there's, an ironic, there's something ironic to that because high-salt foods, even things like breakfast cereals, cold breakfast cereals, or, or uh, food, sugary foods like, like mm-hmm. pudding, chocolate pudding, have very, very high salt levels. And it's the salt that um, that competes with potassium and magnesium, which are the minerals that we need to balance out our salt intake. And it's the fruits and veggies that have the, the potassium and the magnesium. And we need twice as much potassium per day as we need salt, and then we could eat some salt, you know, or balance out our blood pressure and lower our blood pressure. So sure. there's really some some options is how you can increase nutrition into your diet. It's how can we increase nutrition, fruits and veggies all the way, but then the more whole foods you eat, the better, and the less go on a go on a junk food detox, go on a fast right. food and, detox. Yeah. So what's your thoughts about iodine? You know, is it necessary really? I mean, like, so, I mean, we use sea salt and sometimes Himalayan salt, and that doesn't have iodine. Are we missing out? Mm-hmm. Is it necessary to take a supplement? I do think we need food from the sea. I do think we need seaweeds. I do think we need okay, seafoods that have been raised in the ocean. I do think we need sea salt. Um, and so, because iodine is important, but of course we don't need an overabundance of iodized salt. Salt's a, salt's a whole other show. <laughs> I know, right? I'm telling you. Well, thank you so yeah. much for being here. I'm going to close the show with today's word, which is reason. The true reason always know why you are doing something. If there is no reason you doing what you're doing, think about it. Is it a habit that motivates you? So now it's a good time to stop and think about, you know, the action that you take and ensure that you are taking the right action by choice, not don't let it happen to you. So until next time, my friend, we have a great guest next week. So Dr. Melly, maybe you want to listen. We have another doctor who also, she's a medical doctor. She's going to be, she teaches at one of the universities in, uh, I think she's in Maryland. 
and she's going to be my guest next week. So this is going to be a great show, you know, follow up with your awesome show. So we're, we're going to be really um, kicking out this summer with, like, a healthy, hopefully, you know, better off, right? Congratulations on having such high-quality guests. It sounds great. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And you know what? I will definitely make sure that they also know about you so you can have them on and, and people can listen, you know, to your stuff because I, I, I think it's amazing what you do. And so I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.